The pink tax is this thing that's a total bummer where basically the average woman pays an extra $1,351 every year just for being a woman. It's an unfair tax on goods and services marketed to women and femmes that result in them paying more for men than the exact same thing. So basic women's clothing like t-shirts and jeans costs more about 40% of the time. And for personal care items like deodorants, they cost more 56% of the time. The pink tax is yet another proof point showcasing how women face a very unequal playing field. But it's also incredibly low in terms of awareness out in the world. That's why the European Wax Center wants to help. They're a beauty and lifestyle brand spreading awareness of the pink tax and everything that's wrong with it. So all you have to do is just go to axthepinktax.com and there's no E on the end of ax. It's just A-X, okay? To learn more and see how you can help the European Wax Centre raise awareness of this important issue that affects all women. That's A-X-T-H-E-P-I-N-K-T-A-X dot com to learn more. Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone. An inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated. Where getting real with emotions is a treat. And an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love. It's a necessary launch pad into a life that's wholly ours. In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Self-Service. I am Jericho Mandibur, the editorial director of Girlboss, tarot person and the host of this podcast and sick puppy this week actually I had migraines for like eight or nine days straight which is kind of a record for me I was in urgent care and then I was in the ER I was poked and prodded and I was on IVs and here I am (laughs) so that's good I always think of myself as like a migraine sufferer who knows what to do when they get one. Like I'm super savvy, but I kind of had a wake up call this time because the doctor said, who's your neurologist? And I said, I didn't have one. And she was like, you can't have chronic migraines for 15 years and not have a neurologist. Like what is wrong with you? If she only knew that I hosted a podcast about self-care, pretty funny. That's what's new with me. And I guess I just wanted to tell you that because... I wanted to remind you that we're all in this together, us as self-services, but also just the human race. We're like all just doing our best and that is most definitely enough. Today on the show, we're talking about sex, sacred sex, embodied sexuality, and all the wonderful ways that sex and self-care and spirituality can and do coexist. Our guest is Alexandra Roxo. She's a filmmaker, mentor, spiritual leader, and she uses sacred sex to help her clients have mystical experiences that connect them back to the sacred feminine. She's also the other half of Moon Club, whose co-founder, Ruby Warrington, we already had on the show. So go back and listen to that episode as well. 
We're also going to get a lesson in what Venus and Mars really mean for our sexuality, not in a weird cis-sexist, hetero way, like the book from the 90s, although I haven't read it, so I shouldn't really judge, but in the astrological, wondrous way, care of resident astrologer and your fave, Jessica Lanyardo. Prior to that, though, let's take a deep breath and take a moment to set some intentions for the week ahead. And let's let our tarot card of the week shine some healing wisdom on what we might want to focus on during this time. And our card of the week is actually the Seven of Pentacles, just because we can't get enough pentacles in our life, I guess. This card in the Rider Waite Smith deck shows a person who's working really damn hard for what's coming. Why? Because they have a vision, basically. They might have a long way to go to see their vision or their goals fully realized, but they're the kind of person that knows that it's really worth it. This person sees the value in their efforts and they're investing in themselves when it comes to work, to money, to their living situation, to their self-care routine itself, anything material or practical where the rewards aren't necessarily instant, you know. This card says stay the course. The flip side of that wisdom is that for you, this card might say, I am beyond frustrated and impatient about the fact that my dreams have yet to come true. And even though I'm doing everything in my power, what I want just seems further away than ever, which is fine. Maybe the rewards of your labor aren't exactly what you thought they would be, or maybe they're not here yet. But here's the thing. These things aren't mutually exclusive, you know, like I would say that it'd be a miracle for anyone that worked hard for something or dreamed big to not be frustrated at the results at some point down the line. So really, this is just a card of patience, of seeing the bigger picture and not getting distracted by what is immediately visible in the foreground, I guess. You don't want to miss out on the big masterpiece, if you will. This week, I'd invite you to stop and just smell the roses a little, practice gratitude as you always do, and if you're yet to do it, there's no point in really like doing things if you can't appreciate how far you've come. Today's guest is a sex goddess, literally. <laughs> She's given sex and sexuality advice on Girlboss for the series Ask a Sex Goddess. And that's like not even the half of it, really. Alexandra Roxo is a filmmaker, a writer, a mentor, the co-founder of spiritual mentoring platform Moon Club. Her web series Be Here Now-ish, which I loved, won critical acclaim. And she's literally spent her life traveling the world, just having like rad spiritual experiences and facilitating them for others. I'm so happy to have her on the show today and particularly interested to talk to her about sacred sexuality and the way our erotic lives and spiritual lives need not really be that separate, you know? Hi, Alexandra. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. So I have many questions, but I'll start with like a basic one. What was your relationship with your own sexuality like growing up? So many women like me included <laughs> have been raised to view our bodies through like the lens of, of shame. And I'm just wondering like what your experience of that was like. 
Well, I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, which is not too far from Atlanta. It's a suburb. And I don't know if you remember the film American Beauty. Now, if you're a millennial out there, maybe this is before your time. But um, <laughs> it was a, it was a great movie, but it was based off the town or the, the suburb that I grew up in. And it was very like wow. small town, like kind of socialite and gossipy and my mm-hmm. mom and I showed up and I had a single mom and we were kind of these black sheep. We were like a little weird. And now considering <laughs> how non-status quo I am now, I'm like, wow, they thought we were weird because my mom, we ate salad and listened to Enya. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like, whoa, you guys are eating the mixed greens at dinner. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> Radical back in 1996. Mm-hmm. But growing up in the South and like the Bible Belt meant that I was constantly put in a position where I was looking at my body through the lens of shame and being a sinner. And it was very, you know, it was very forthcoming, very outright blatant kind of uh, languaging around that. Whereas like maybe in some other parts of the country, it's there, but it's not like literally someone telling you, hey, you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it was for me. <laughs> so it, from the time that I was, you know, that that I started to come into myself sexually, there was that, that like litany of, of uh, language right there saying like, oh, you're a slut, you're a sinner. And that was actually like very obviously difficult to take in at a young age. But I had this Brazilian father, so I would go spend the summers with my dad in Brazil. And I would be dancing the samba and wearing like a string bikini. And then I would mm-hmm. come back to Georgia. And it, it there was this amazing kind of, you know, intersection of beautiful sensuality that I was having in Brazil. And then mm-hmm. this like very Protestant Christian thing that was happening in Georgia. And it created the being that I am. Because otherwise I might have, you know, just cut off my sensuality and my sexuality altogether. But because I had this Brazilian side, Mm. I would go to Brazil and then I'd be like, ooh, we get to like make out. And like the parents just drop you off at a club and you're like 12 (laughs) and you make out with a boy all night. (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody thinks it's weird. The parents don't even think it's weird. That's such an interesting perspective to have. (laughs) Yeah, so basically... You know, my sexuality from a young age was was complex and difficult for me to understand. And so a part of me felt free and a part of me felt very repressed. And those two sides continued to battle like throughout Mm -hmm. my 20s even where I was really like, wait a minute, how can I be a, a spiritual being and also a sexual being? How can I really claim my pleasure, but also be really connected spiritually, which is very important to me. It's like since I was 12, I've been having kind of mystical experiences with what I considered the divine or source or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I just always had this battle inside until recently when I realized, wait, <laughs> there doesn't have to be a battle. Like we can be sexual and we can be dirty and even perverse and also mm-hmm. beautifully mindful and conscious and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. And you've embraced shibari as one of your spiritual and sexual practices, and that's Japanese rope bondage for people that don't know. And you kind of talk about it as a healing tool, which is like so interesting for me. How did you come across it? And I guess like, what do you think the biggest misconceptions that people have around a practice like this or around like, you know, seeing sexuality and spirituality and healing as so closely aligned? 
So I've always been interested in BDSM and I'm saying that in like a big umbrella, like there's a lot Mm -hmm. under that umbrella that can be role play, that can be power play, that can be a light spanking, that can be like a whipping, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. lot under that umbrella. So I've been interested in various parts of that for over a decade, Uh, probably actually since I was early teen, I was engaging in role play and stuff with my boyfriend in high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it about a year ago, I met an amazing female practitioner of rope bondage through one of my friends. And I had this feeling that it was going to be this like shamanic healing experience. And when I say shamanic, I mean a healing experience of the spirit and mm-hmm. the body together. Yeah. And, and so I just knew that like I needed to do, do this, this suspension. So, right, you get tied up in these ropes and then you get dangled from the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> And because I'm the type of person I like to try everything and I'm like an experience adventure kind of a gal, I was like, oh, I want to do that and see how it feels. And it felt so amazing. It felt like being, I imagine like being a baby in the womb again. Like you don't have to hold yourself at all because you're being held. Mm -hmm. You're like in like a, like a basket of like just being held. And because it was this, this amazing female practitioner, I felt like I was being so nurtured and loved and you know not only japanese rope bondage but also other forms of sexual play in the bdsm space can also be deeply nourishing and Mm -hmm. also can be course corrective of like traumas that we've had like we can actually like work through some of them in the sexual space again all of this requires like a lot of communication Mm -hmm. and honesty and boundaries and what I like to call a container, which is like, you know, you have really set specifications, like how long you're going to do something, Mm -hmm. what it looks like. And for those of you guys interested in that, there's some amazing books that, that kind of detail how to play in that space in a really safe, delicious way. What's some good books that you would recommend? Oh, good. Okay. So if you want to get into like how this can be transcendental, there's a book called Radical Ecstasy by the same two authors who wrote The Ethical Slut, Mm -hmm. which is a great book about poly lifestyles, like kind of the OG book. And there's another book called Intro to Kink by Tristan Taramino, who has a Sex Out Loud podcast, who's really rad and does stuff at the Pleasure Test in LA. Mm -hmm. And that book helped me kind of understand all the different parts of kink. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and I guess kink is the word that I should have been using all along, honestly, that kink is the, the umbrella word. So, but I'm into BDSM as well, but kink mm-hmm. would be a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a specialist in that. Like, I'm not a kink expert. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm, an ex- I'm an explorer. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting how you talk about, like, experiences, like the one you had with rope bondage and any kind of, like, submissive experiences, this kind of, like, semi or actual, like, religious or spiritual experience, because that's such, like, a language that people have been talking in for like such a long time when it comes to like what like the, you know the experience of surrender like the experience of physical pain like like transmutating or kind of like going from like one plane to another like these these are all spirit experiences that are kind of universal in a way even though we're like talking about BDSM specifically right now do you have any like thoughts on that like why yes I mean Well, the thing is, is like there's so many different paths of 
attempting to experience ecstasy or bliss, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can try to get to ecstasy, happiness, bliss by going and drinking five tequilas. You can do that by dancing all day. You can do it by fasting. You can do it by meditating. You can do it by doing plant medicines or psychedelics. You can do it by having transcendental ecstatic sex. You can do it by meditation. Mm -hmm. And there are all paths. There are many paths that lead to a similar destination. Mm -hmm. And so if humans throughout time have been seeking ecstasy, they are seeking like this godlike state of just like juicy depth. And like, we all know it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you taste it for like a second, right? Like you're swimming in the ocean. You're just like, oh my God, I'm feeling ecstatic. Or sometimes (laughs) it happens while you're having sex and you're like, whoa, I've never had an orgasm like that. (laughs) Whoa. You know? And so because we humans, we know it's out there. It's like, ooh, I know there's some deep ecstasy waiting for me somewhere, some bliss, some total happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's way bigger than just like, a, you know, a night out drinking and dancing. Like, mm-hmm. it's big. And so I think we seek all routes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, you know, you can read like these old texts of saints and stuff, and they were having these ecstatic experiences where they're literally like going into the altered states. Yeah. It's like very much using altered states. And when you're engaged in, you know, in different play scenes in kink, you can reach really altered states via Mm -hmm. pain or via bondage that in that altered state, you transcend the mind. So you Mm -hmm. transcend all the crap that's like, oh, I got to go to Whole Foods tomorrow and I got to call my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nobody, nobody likes me because my my ass is too big or whatever is going through your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Or it just could be like, nonsense but you transcend that mind Mm -hmm. and it feels so good to just have the mind go to be in this like ocean of like gooey surrender love and even if you can touch on that for a minute it's like oh thank you yes (laughs) (laughs) which is similar to what people experience in meditation but meditation is transcending the body Mm-hmm. And so I do work that brings you back into the body. And that's the kind of studies that I've really loved is work that is embodied. So you get mm-hmm. deeper into the body and into the pleasure of the moment, the mm-hmm. present. So you're not trying to leave the moment ever. Mm, amazing. And like sex as self-care is something like, you know, we've we've been hearing more about, I guess, maybe it's like sex and masturbation is self-care, always has been. But um I guess, like, in simple terms, how do you, as, like, a mentor, think that people who might not be super comfortable in their bodies or in their sexualities right now, like, what's, like, an easy way for them to begin exploring this kind of stuff in a way that might feel akin to an element of self-care that, like, they might be currently missing, you know? Mm. Well, that's a great question, and I feel like taking the time to know yourself erotically and Mm -hmm. sexually is really empowering and you know anybody can buy a vibrator well not anybody actually but a (laughs) lot of people can buy a vibrator and you know put it on top of your clit and have a surface clitoral orgasm where you don't have to be that conscious you don't have to be that connected right like it's just a body function right Mm mm-hmm which is fun and it kind of feels like scratching an itch and it feels really good and then it's done (laughs) Or you can engage with yourself more deeply. You know, you can go, wow, what actually really turns me on? And do I even know what that is? Mm -hmm. Do I know, could I describe it to a partner? 
mm-hmm. in really clear detail. Because, like, I bet you could describe to me your favorite pizza, like, really specifically, or your mm-hmm. favorite cup of coffee, or your favorite chocolate. Like, I know my favorite chocolate backwards and forwards. I know what it tastes like. I know what ingredients are in it. I know where you buy it. <laughs> I know how much it costs. <laughs> so it's like, how come with sex, like, we should be able to say that to someone, like exactly what we like, mm-hmm. exactly what smells, what kinds of touches. And we do that by first doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So I'll have like a night where I like watch my favorite erotic film and I put on lingerie for me and I explore something new for me. Like I'll buy something, a toy that like, you know, maybe I wouldn't normally use with anyone because I've never tried it and just mm-hmm. try it with myself. And have my own journey, you know, and yeah. really claim my own erotic journey and make sure that it's connected to my heart, you know, because we can't. The problem is if we just have like a one eight stand or like a surface clitoral orgasm, we're not we're still avoiding the the deep stuff. And yeah. so and, and usually that's because there's some shame hiding mm-hmm. and some like, you know, some stories and narratives around sex. So we kind of keep it surface to stay safe. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the good stuff happens when you get under the surface. And it might mean you have a good cry while you come. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> That's such amazing <laughs> advice. Everybody has something <laughs> to do tonight, some homework. Alexandra, <laughs> it's been so amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much. You rule. You're welcome. <laughs> Where can people learn more about the work you do and follow you online? Mm. Well, I write a lot on Instagram about my journey and my stories, and I love sharing about like what I've tried and what works and what doesn't. And it's not just about sex. It can be about my spiritual path and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. Moon Rituals Astrology. So my Instagram handle is Alexandra Roxo, which is my name. And my last name is spelled R-O-X-O. And I post all kinds of links to rituals and events and articles that I write there. And um, yeah, it's the best place to find me. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Wow, Havenly. Havenly is this really cool platform where basically you can design spaces in your home on any budget. With Havenly, you partner with an interior designer to create a beautiful design for decorating your home based on your unique style and the space itself. Then you can buy that decor that you've just designed directly through Havenly's platform with access to hundreds of retailers and guaranteed best prices. I tried this and honestly, it's really fun. I'm a sucker for any platform that lets you do a style quiz where you can talk about yourself and the things that you like. So after you answer a bunch of questions about stuff like, are you classic? Are you modern? Are you in between? And you pick the pictures that most reflect the kind of stuff that you like. You get your style result. My main style is bohemian with a touch of eclectic. It's really easy and it's not just for people with money. Prices start from $1.99 a room and if you're moving house or you've got a hot new job and you just want to like upgrade your life, that's pretty good. Everyone could use a little help with designing a space in their home. Havenly is literally the easiest and most affordable way to actually do it with professionals. 
and they help you every step of the way, making sure that they use your budget and your style to shape the design that you want at a price you can actually afford because everyone deserves a beautiful living space. Turn your Pinterest board into a literal reality. Try Havenly today by visiting havenly.com slash self-service and get 25% off your design package. That's H-A-V-E-N-L-Y dot com slash self-service for 25% off your design package havenly.com slash self-service. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in design, business, technology, and yeah, woo-woo stuff as well. So if you want to do an angel card reading lesson, you know where to go. It's Skillshare. I've also done a poetry class on Skillshare and honestly, it's amazing. It's really cheap. It's real people who are qualified teachers, and it's all right there forever. So you do the class, you figure out what happened, you just do it again. And they really do have classes for everything. You can take a class in how to solve a Rubik's Cube. You can take a class in ideas for businesses. It's really easy to search for classes on their site as well. You literally just type in the tag that you're after and it brings up anything relevant. Join the millions of students already using Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. I know, it's ridiculous. Skillshare is offering self-service listeners two months of unlimited access to over 18,000 online classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to skillshare.com slash self-service. Again, that's skillshare.com slash self-service to start your two months now. Skillshare.com slash self-service. Okay, so I'm unduly excited about this. Our astrologer friend Jessica Lanyardo is going to take us through a tour of Mars, a sex tour. Because yes, these two planets have a great deal to do with how we flirt, love, and you know what else? So buckle up. Here's Jessica. Thanks so much, Jericho. And hey, everybody, we're going to talk about the horoscope April 15th through the 21st in just a minute. But before we do, let's talk about Mars. Mars is a really important planet in astrology. It's the ruling planet of the sign Aries. It's the man symbol, you know, the little man symbol that you see when people are drawn out, lady, boy kind of stuff. And the reason why this is, is kind of annoying and, and pretty interesting. It's because Mars is the planet of getting things done. It's the aggressive planet. It's the planet of war. It's associated with the ego, but it's also associated with ambition and moving forward. When you're watching someone move through the world, when you're watching some, how somebody drives their car, you're watching their Mars. The thing to know about this is every person of all genders has Mars in their chart. And what this means is it doesn't matter if you're a girl, a boy, or identified in a different way. We all have Mars and we all have this kind of like male, quote unquote, male energy in our chart to be accessed. The thing that's exciting about Mars is it's the planet that governs both how we fight and how we fornicate. It is the planet of getting things done. And where we find Mars in the chart, this is where we want visceral expression. This is where our bodies need to be expressing the energy of that planet. When it comes to sex, as opposed to sexuality, Mars is a really important figure. And a lot of times people will say that how we date or how we hook up is associated with Mars. And that absolutely is true. 
But if we're being honest, there's lots of reasons why people have sex. We have sex for love. We have sex for validation, for attention. And we have sex because we want to have sex, right? There's lots of reasons why. And the act of sex, how we get it done, what we want and how we like it, that is Mars. And so if you look at your birth chart and you look at the sign and the house of Mars in your chart, you will understand something about your own sexual preferences and drives. Where we find Mars, we find passion. This is where we find what we like to do. And so what's interesting as an astrologer and from an astrology perspective is that what we like to do and how we like to have it done is not limited to sex. It's also around ambition and our larger goals in the world. How we execute them is Mars. And so it's really important to understand the connection between having passionate expression and experience in our lives and being creative. So the, the thing to be gleaned from this is have fun with your Mars, have fun with sex, explore what works for you and explore what works for you based on who you are and not just based on the situations you're in or the partner that you're with. This is a really important thing that I think is, is essential to how we feel in our bodies and our willingness and ability to really enjoy how we share our bodies with others and what we do inside of our bodies. So again, look at your birth chart and get more information and try to not compare it to other people's charts or your lovers or your friends or whatever to just really look at yourself because Mars is kind of a selfish planet. It wants us to focus on the self. So try it. Just try it out. Okay. Now to your horoscope. Mercury goes direct on the 15th. So this is great news because Mercury retrograde is super annoying. Now it'll take a couple of few days for us to really feel the transition. So after the 18th, this is when things are going to be kind of back to normal for better or worse. Another thing that's happening on the 15th is we have a new moon in Aries. And again, Aries is the sign that is associated with the planet Mars, with the passionate planet Mars. So this is happening at 5.57 p.m. Pacific time. And I will give you some new moon homework in a minute. But something very important about this period is that it is uh, shared by another transit. From the 15th through the 17th, we have a Venus conjunction to Jupiter. and this is lovely. There is some overlap here from the 16th to the 18th by a Venus trine to Pluto. Now, the combination of all of this stuff is sexy and it's dynamic and it's creative. This is a time where you can get distracted by bright and shiny things and hot and heavy experiences, or you can be really transformed by the things that you are passionate about and the relationships that you are passionate about. If you meet someone new in this period, it's going to be really exciting. And it can be something that teaches you so much about how you relate to your body and from your body. This is a really exciting time for creative projects. So if you have creative projects that you're engaged in, try to schedule time to, to really engage with them now or to do them now. This is because it's a new moon. This is an especially fertile time for beginnings. So put yourself out there. This isn't the time to skip a party. This isn't the time to stay home or to kind of give in to your shyness. Try, just put, put, put a little something out there. But of course, nothing is perfect. So from the 17th through the 19th, we have a sun conjunction to Uranus. And this transit means that things can change quickly. And that's not good or bad. It's just that whatever begins here is not necessarily reliable. 
And it's not necessarily as it seems. You want to stay really present in the moment and you want to respond to the moment with as much passion and heart as you can without attaching to the future because this sun conjunction to Uranus is likely to have you feeling distracted and restless and to create upsets and changes. Again, upsets and changes may sound bad, but they're not bad. They're just upsets and changes. Now, your new moon homework for the week. It's a little bit informed by last week's homework from that Jupiter-Pluto sextile, and you may need to re-listen to that episode to remind you of what you were supposed to be doing. So this is the time for you to think about what do I want to seed? What do I want to begin? You can do some writing work and get really clear about what it is that you've been figuring out about yourself or your life that you truly want, and what is it time to start working towards? The challenge here is to not just pursue pleasure, but also to pursue what will bring you a lasting joy. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, and sometimes it's easy to forget to prioritize lasting joy over pleasure. Attention is addictive. It's very addictive, but that doesn't mean that it actually makes you feel more whole, more loved, happy. So make sure that the choices that you're making, and again, this is a really fertile time to be making choices, are reflecting what you truly believe in and what you truly think will bring you lasting happiness. Where you put your energy this week, and certainly around the new moon, it will grow. There will be, you know, roots coming from these seeds. So don't phone it in. Do your best and show up. That's your horoscope for the week. And if you want more woo, which of course you do, please go to my website at lovelaniato.com or find me on social. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and I post most days and it's at Jessica Laniato. That's my Instagram handle. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you to my sexy guests today, the delightful Alexandra Roxo and Jessica Laniato. And thank you so much for listening as always. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, you can rate, review and share. And if you want to get in touch with myself or Jessica or just kind of share the love, you can use the hashtag self-service podcast or just, you know, at me or her. Thank you so much. Bye.